Hello, you're listening to the Advanced Financial Planner, brought to you by the Institute of Advanced Financial Planners and your host, David Miller. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Linda Cartier, RFP and President of the Academy of Financial Divorce Specialists and Financial Decisions Incorporated, on her role as an educator in the community, how being an RFP helped her to become a better financial planner, and the strength of the IAFP organization. So welcome to the Institute of Advanced Financial Planners podcast. I have with me a special guest, Linda Cartier. Am I saying that name right, Linda? Yeah, Linda Cartier, that's correct. And Linda, you were the you are the president of the Academy of Financial Divorce Specialists for the last 18 years and also the president of Financial Decisions Incorporated for the last 25 years. Right. So, to start off, maybe just tell me a little bit about your history. Let's start from the very beginning. What is your motivation in becoming a financial planner? Uh, well, I, I worked in an office where I was administrator to other people that were working in investments. And uh, I got to um, get a good, really interesting and sort of positive rapport with the clients and it just struck me that there needed to be more than just the investments. And so uh, there was a gentleman who was doing a financial planning seminar that was one of our colleagues in another city. And he, he wanted us to do this and I was the only one that was interested. So he kind of took me under his wing and we did a a session and I just thought, wow, this is exactly what people need because it was kind of the soup to nuts. It was like, how do you save? What are, you know, how do you protect yourself with insurance? Um, what about retirement and taxes and estate planning? So I'm like, well, this just makes so much sense to me. And so as a result, uh, I, I decided that I was really going to go a little more forward and do a little more learning and took my CFP and actually started running um, classes at a community college uh, about learning more about your finances. And, and I got known then as being the person who sort of the educator in my community and right. went from there. Right. And so when did you start first? You started financial decisions. So this, or you started being a teacher for a while and then you branched out from being a teacher and you started taking on individual clients or what's the business? Uh, well, what's I mean, I got decision? known as being a teacher, but I, I was doing the teaching while I was building financial decisions. So it was kind of a a two-part thing. It was just, it made sense to me that it was um, important to do more than just the investing. And I think the general public at that particular time wasn't even aware of what financial planning really meant. And so this was a way to help put the word out there. Yeah. And the public is still having issue with that because there's so many different <laughs> terms and terminologies. Yeah. And so you help people determine who to go for help or you're trying to educate them just on basics? Just educate them on basics. Um, you know, help those people that were, that were trying to get out of debt. Help those people understand what does all this insurance stuff really mean? Help them understand that uh, what you bring home is important, but what do you get to keep after taxes? even more important. And of course, then, you know, how do you protect your legacy for your family? Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about financial decisions and that company. What is it set up to do at this point? Sure. Uh, we do like a complete financial planning opportunities. So 
people can come in and, and open up like a specialty savings account uh, or they can do a financial plan because uh, I do quite a bit of actual plans, just fee-for-service work. They can also uh, invest with us, uh, be insured through us. We do tax returns. And then, of course, I do the, the specialty divorce work as well. Yeah. And is it just you or do you have a, uh, a group of that you're managing and helping? Uh, well, we're a very small group. Um, my daughter works in the business with me and then we, and so does my husband. And so we we're kind of like a family, um, a family center. And then of course have, have staff as well. So, but I mean, the, the main financial planning is, is, you know, done with myself and my daughter. Yeah, and of course you're a member of the IAFP, so your primary yeah. vocation is financial planning, and that's what Absolutely. the question was set up to be. Uh, when did you join the IAFP? I joined the IAFP in the early '90s, I believe, and I, I, the person who mentored me was like, "You need to go to the next level. You need to get your RFP." And so he was like, you know, my my idol as far as like doing things well in the financial planning world. And so I just went and did what he said and got to meet all the amazing people at the IFP that were like-minded and that were really focused on financial planning and, and caring about doing uh, a full, a full body job for the clients and uh, you know, went from there. Yeah. And so is that something that's helped you along the process in becoming successful or would you accredit your current success to something else or another mentor, another path? I mean, it would just certainly be one. I mean, the person who, who was my original mentor certainly put the first building blocks in place, but I would say that the, uh, that becoming an RFP and, and meeting the, uh, the people from, the Institute are, are, you know, a big piece of, of how I became a better planner. And, you know, the, I mean, the symposiums that are, are led there, you have top-notch people that are not flogging product. They're there to really, you know, broaden your horizons and push you to think about different things and learn more. Yeah. In the symposium every single year at the end of September is just a fantastic resource online yeah. for the last two years, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we'll see you back hopefully in Ottawa next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're also, the, again, the president of the Academy of Financial Divorce Specialists. Maybe tell me a story on how that came to be. Sure. Well, there was a point in my practice where I was having a year where there were more than more than what my average year had been of clients divorcing. And I came across this information piece that said, you know, diversifying your practice and, you know, recession proofing your practice. And I thought, oh, you know, what, what does this really mean? And, uh, and learning something more about divorce, I thought was really important because I obviously didn't have as much knowledge as I needed to um, service clients properly. And so myself and my husband went to Los Angeles and, and took the course from the woman that was kind of pioneered this niche and uh, subsequently came back and we were the only two Canadians that had the designation. Right. And that kind of went on for a while. And, um, and then one day she contacted me back and said she wanted to develop something here in Canada. And so I assisted her with that. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a whole story about how she kind of did not stay with us, but that's, you know, 
not our problem. It was just the problem she got herself into. And so we, uh, I took it over with Akila Davis at that time that was uh, also an RFP uh, from BC. And so then we, we started, that was in 2003 when we started to uh, run the Academy ourselves. And uh, after that, Akila has since left. And so that's why right now I'm, I'm the only um, director and, We've kind of grown from there, and I mean, there is a there's a huge need, and what happens in the in the uh, actual world is that the lawyers have you know great information about how the law works, but they don't really have a lot of experience or background about financial, and so much of what goes on with people separating is dividing assets, you know, dealing with the taxation, dealing with the various income and credits and all that sort of stuff. So there's a really big hole if you don't have the financial person at the table. Yeah. And every province seems to be a little bit different. Yeah. So there are different rules uh, and every situation is in, incredibly unique. Yeah. And so how do you know with, with children, without children, um, one spouse working, one not working, both spouses working, inheritances, just so many complexities that can enter into yes. a divorce situation. Uh, and really, yeah, there is nobody that you can go to, or I guess you go to a lawyer at this point if you just don't know. Yeah. And they're just doing bookkeeping for you. So they charge you hourly fees for that. So is that right. the main reason for some um, somebody seeing you? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's just the fact that the lawyers are just charging you bookkeeping fees. I mean, their, their world is words, wordsmithing and, you know, making sure that all the legal stuff is in the right place in the right order. And right. so because it's always been their world, there's a little bit of feeling that maybe they didn't need financial people, but as time's gone along, I think that there's there's a, an opening of awareness that, oh, wait a sec, there's a lot of things we haven't thought of. Like you brought up a number of, of issues. There's, every situation is different. Every province does have their own rules. Uh, property is dealt with from the province. So anything that's dividing the assets, that's got to go under provincial rules. When it comes to income, that's not the same. Clients don't have a clue. And of course, during that particular time, the clients are also in such an emotional distress that it's it's very close to being like on the verge of insanity because they've done some research on this. And so they're making some of the biggest decisions in their life without uh, their really best wits about them. And so it's really important for them to have that neutral party, which is what the financial person comes in because you can work with both clients. It doesn't uh, it's not my lawyer, his lawyer, or vice versa, uh, or mediator. So then it allows them to have that information and education about what these are the choices you're making. This is what it's going to do. So what's it going to look like if you you know choose this asset over that asset? What kind of tax implications are there? If you are getting support or paying support, what does that do to your tax bill? And you know, a lot of times their concern is, can I retire? Or can I buy a purchase another house? Or, you know, can I open a business? All those kind of important questions, which can make a huge difference to them down the road. And the way the lawyers look at it is like, do this deal, get it done, everybody's agreed, and then move on. They're not looking at what happens to them in the future. So we bring that projection piece in to help them have a bit of a eye opener as to what could this look like. 
Yeah. And in your opinion, if people understood the true financial impacts of divorce, would people go seek marriage counselors and try to work it out more? Uh, you know, there's a chance that would happen. I mean, it depends on the reason for the for the separation. But I mean, I would certainly say part of my experience is that there's two main reasons that people do split up. One is infidelity, but a lot of times it's money. It's a lot of times there's two different money styles. They don't communicate well together. And, you know, so sometimes it is like I have had not often, but I have had a few situations where, yeah, they chose to get back together again because they figured out, oh, wait a sec, we're not, you know, we're we're not communicating well with each other. That's causing some problems with these two different, you know, financial styles and stuff like that. And I'm happy to say in some cases, which I would really encourage the world to do is look at doing a cohabitation or a marriage agreement. Like you save yourself a ton of money. Like you still have to have the lawyers involved to draft up the proper documents and that sort of thing. But you both love each other. You're both in good spirits. If you're going to be fair ever, that's when you're going to be fair. And you're not having this clouded emotional mind. You're going to be a lot more rational and reasonable. So it allows you to say, okay, you know what? The statistics are there. Let's just do this as a safety feature. Like you'd be way better off to spend a few thousand dollars to get all your ducks in a row here than to spend, you know, 15 or 20,000 on the big wedding, which is one day. <laughs> and what you said about being rational, um, we, as a married person myself, uh, we all have irrational moments and yep. we don't even recognize them while we're in them. But um yeah, having a third party look at a situation from a financial perspective, I think makes quite a bit of sense. So tell me a little bit more about uh, the Academy and how how many uh, people are currently registered as divorce specialists in Canada. Sure. Well, I mean, the Academy's main uh, role is to um, train people that have uh, an accredited financial background. So they have to be like a CFP, RFP, CPA, that kind of thing. So that there's that as a base. And so then this gives them that extra information and education about how to deal with people going through separation and divorce. We would have, give or take, uh, we're kind of a moving target right at this moment, but I would certainly say we're in the kind of the 300 people range. And um, that's not nearly enough for what's needed across the country. But anyways, uh, we're working tr- tremendously hard at trying to bring awareness uh, as to what this is about and the benefits of it. We then support the the people who are graduates as members. So we have like ongoing education sessions for them and that sort of thing and are there to help support them. Uh, We've developed a proprietary uh, software that does help with projections in specifically for uh, people going through separation or divorce. So it, it lets them see like what the, what the future could hold. Yeah. And certainly this is a specific niche within the investment landscape. Uh, what, yeah. what are you finding as the president and um, advisors who gain this designation? Do they see an increase in that specific type of business right away? Or is it something that they only do? Or um, Right. It depends on, on uh, what they've come to us for. Like there are some people that have decided you know, and there's lots of reasons why a person might not want to do investments anymore with the compliance regime. 
So in some cases, this like they want to hang up that shingle and they want to do something different. So they're, they've decided this as their main focus. Then you have other people that just want to uh, learn more so that they can, you know, be a better financial planner in these circumstances. Uh, it does mean that like if it's your own client and depending on which way clients choose to separate, there's like if you use the collaborative process, for example, you can't be their advisor before or after. But if they tr traditionally are mediation, it could still be something that you might assist them with, although there is truly a conflict of interest there. So it's, it's a, a wide variety, but I would certainly say the majority of people, this is this is what they want to do with a, a large percentage of their time. Right. And since you're, you have this platform now uh, on this podcast, right. hey, um, did you want to set up your own podcast with the Academy? Because uh, obviously the IFP is looking out for ourselves as well. We're looking for new members and the primary vacation yeah. being in financial planning and the benefits of doing that. But what would your advice be to new planners coming up and they, yeah. they're thinking around um, the niching or getting into something like this? Sure. I would certainly say um, it's one of the most interesting aspects of financial planning because it incorporates pretty much everything, but it's... Um, it's never boring. Uh, I mean, not that regular financial planning would be boring, but I mean, a retirement plan, even though the circumstances may be different, it's not really ever quite as unique as dealing with people going through separation or divorce. So, I mean, from an interest perspective, it's really useful. It's such a valuable thing that you bring because if the clients make decisions based on misinformation or, or on lack of information, it's such a huge devastation to them down the road. I mean, sometimes people will go bankrupt because of divorce. And of course, you're also impacting their children and, you know, everything about their lives. So it's very rewarding to help people through a tough time. And sometimes it's just them having somebody who translates what it all means. Even that can make a big difference for them. So I would certainly say if it's, if you really like working with people and, um, more than you like working with investments, for example, I would say this is a really good choice. And it's also, well, one of the things, like I said, we're really trying to grow the fact that let's try to get people set up before they would divorce. So I, th I think there's lots of opportunity here. Um, the one thing I would say though, if, you're, if you don't enjoy a challenge or you don't enjoy working with people through all different emotional pieces, then that is something that you might, this might not be for you because you are, you know, you are going to have somebody break down. Sometimes you are going to have somebody uh, lose their temper sometimes, and you need to be able to navigate that comfortably. And, and you also need to be able to really check yourself at the door that you are a true neutral. So, you know, you can't, not only you can't take sides, you can't even look like you're taking sides, no matter what your personal thought is. Because I mean, of course, we hear what the clients want us to hear, because they've chosen what they're going to divulge to us. We don't really know the full facts. We don't really understand all of what is the cause of the situation, or what their dynamics are, who's pushing whose buttons and all that kind of stuff. Right. And what's the difference between what that is versus a moderator? And then and this is coming from someone who's not in this space at all. 
Sure. You mean somebody who would do mediation? Correct. Okay. So the difference would be their responsibility um, is also, well, it is supposed to be neutral, although depending on whether you have an accredited mediator or not, that may not be the case. And it's important for clients to vet that out. Or if you're an advisor and you're referring people, make sure that if you're referring them to a mediator, they are an accredited mediator because they also aren't um, regulated. So can hang up a shingle and just say they are. So that's really important. But their, their responsibility is to have a conversation and foster an ongoing conversation that brings these people to be able to build an agreement. And that's it. Um, I mean, and that agreement is really important. And, you know, they will often do parenting plans and that sort of thing. But their expertise is not financial again. And so they can refer out the financial piece or they can muddle through the financial piece. Like I've certainly seen some mediated agreements that because there was a lack of knowledge about the financial, the clients had agreed to something that they didn't understand what the impact of that financial piece was going to be and neither did the mediator and so you know I'm like there's a there's a place for everybody it's just that from my experience the financial piece is mandatory there to do a, a decent job for people yeah absolutely how can you make any decisions in your life without first contemplating the financial impacts not just mm-hmm. now but projecting over the course of your life and yeah. that makes so much sense to me but because i'm biased as a financial planner i understand this yes. space and I understand the benefits of doing that and that's something we have to promote for everybody so can yeah. thank you very much for setting that up uh, what is the best way for people to reach out um the public i'm talking about or even right. financial planners who want to learn more for sure um well i mean there there are all kinds of resources i would certainly say you know if you're if you have any questions in this area or if you think you might want to even entertain it, um, you know, go to our website, um, the you know, www.afds.ca. Uh, it's possible for the for clients to go there. There's a, there's you know resources for them to some degree to at least understand what they what they are missing if they're not using this. Uh, they can they can find um, a person in their area. Although now that um, the world has changed. They could use a person anywhere. And the same if there's any financial planners that are thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to check this out further. Maybe I'd like to, you know, either put this in my in my cap as another feather, or maybe I'd like to even do this as a, as a piece of my practice going forward on a, on a very strong basis. Then, you know, just contact us and we're happy to happy to direct you anywhere. Yeah. And what about you directly? If somebody's looking for financial help, are you still taking on clients at this point? Uh, on a referral only basis, just because of how busy things are. Um, so yeah, on a referral only basis, and there's a little bit of a waiting list. Yeah. So if we don't, somebody doesn't know somebody who knows you, they can't get in unless they're listening to this podcast or going to research you in another way. Yeah. But again, thank you very much for providing the information. Uh, anything else you'd like to bring up? Again, this being a potential soapbox for you. Right. Um, well, I certainly would encourage, I personally think that every financial planning firm should be looking at having somebody who has 
the you know, the Chartered Financial Divorce Specialist designation. There should be at least somebody there. You can refer your clients to that person knowing that they're going to be in a better place at the end of the day because they've had better information. So it's, it's one of the things that I, I think is, is missed in that there's this feeling because people have, you know, you're well-educated once you become a financial planner, especially if you've done it for a few years and that sort of thing. But I could certainly say in some of the most respected people that I know that are RFPs have taken our course and come out and said, well, I didn't realize what I didn't know. And unfortunately, sometimes we actually do walk into a liability position because as soon as you give advice, which is what we do as a financial planner all the time, you've actually crossed the line because as soon as you give a client who's going through separation or divorce actual advice, you've now that's considered legal territory. And most people don't even think of it because this is what we do. And of course, the clients, that's what they want. Tell me what to do. They just want you to make life easy for them. But that's not the best choice. So I would certainly say, you know, go find out what you don't know. Yeah, we're we're lucky as RFPs that it's right in our ethics. If you don't know, you just cannot say whatever comes to your mind you say, I don't know. And then you go back to our forum and say, well, this is the situation. Are there any divorce specialists available? What's this? There's this is the question my client has. And guess what? Linda will probably answer. And that's pretty incredible. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of the benefits of, of having such a strong organization. And I mean, to be able to refer within, you know, because we have all sorts of different specialists and, either using the forum or actually, you know, like I've had clients that I've referred to somebody else because they had expertise in a particular area that I did not. And so you want to do the best for your clients. Absolutely. And that's the, that's, that's the key message to all of this is yeah. we're trying to do the best for our clients situation and everybody, everybody, every client's going to fit in a certain different way. Right. Um, yeah. Well, again, thank you very much, Linda. That's about how much time I want to spend, but again, we could dive into this for so much longer and I really appreciate your time today. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me. This episode was brought to you by the Institute of Advanced Financial Planners, home of the most respected planners in Canada and your host, David Miller. Thank you for listening. For more information about the IFP, becoming a registered financial planner, or how to take your financial planning practice to the next level, please visit www.iafp.ca. Don't miss another episode. Remember to turn notifications on when you subscribe to our channel, wherever you listen to podcasts.